If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, greetings! You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you from the interweb, no matter where you may be listening, in this beautiful, but sometimes crazy world, we all share. Thank you for tuning in, or for tuning in again. This is episode number 277 to Hell in a Handbasket, Finding the Hidden Lifeboat on the SS America. And that is what we're going to be talking about. In particular, is some, I'm going to use some metaphors and such to discuss some very important things in in a person's life that they have to deal with. These are these are very, very bread and butter issues, folks. So please do pay attention and or do pass it on to someone else that can maybe benefit from this. So without further ado, every now and then, uh, even if it's only by historical happenstance, you find the perfect metaphor. And in this case, we're talking about the SS America that was once an actual ship designed by William Francis Gibbs, an American who entered, uh, well, it entered commercial service in 1940, and for many years it was one of the fastest technologically advanced and beautiful ships ever built in America. It also had a distinguished service during World War II. Now, only a small portion of it remains below the water and barely visible today. There are only photographs, old primitive video, and the fading memories of those that sailed on her long ago, recounting the stories of her beauty and excellence that has now been lost, just as those passengers who once traveled on her became lost to the ravishes of time. Yep, I don't believe it's even possible that I could have found a more apt metaphor for my country, which economically, aesthetically, and socially is a complete shadow of its former self. And the last time this country was truly seaworthy was during the Eisenhower administration, and that was a long time ago. Now, I would best describe the way I feel about the condition of current America Oh, it would be as old Romans of so long ago who talked and longed for the days when Rome was at the height of her power, beauty, and stability, the time of Augustus. But by the time of the insanity of Caliglia, those days were long gone, never to return. So naturally, it begs the question, I do not claim to be a scholar but if my perceptions are even half correct, where the hell does one go from here? Well, that depends on quite a few things. But in all honesty, your options, well, 
they're a bit limited. The most effective way of looking at this situation is that it is a game, a game called life. And what needs to be understood very clearly is that if you lose, you can't just <laughs> laugh and shrug it off and say to yourself, oh, well, I lost, but it's just a game. I can come back to it later and try again. I can hit the reset button. No big deal. I'll say this just once. The game of life plays for keeps, and you become the sum total of your losses. And if you continue to have many losses, but you have a cavalier attitude towards those losses, you can find yourself in a whole lot of trouble. <clears throat> the important thing to bear in mind is for the vast majority of people, as the country goes, so their life goes. Yep. Now, I just want to clarify when I'm talking about how the country's going, I'm specifically talking about how well the country is working as a society, not how well Wall Street is doing. By and large, Wall Street doesn't give a damn about the livability of society. They are only concerned with profits and not even concerned about how they get them. The corporations and the elite don't really give a rat's ass about livability either, which affects, you know, you and I, the consumers, the peons. They are only concerned with profitability. And many of you out there actually already know this. So the question any sane person would ask should be pretty obvious. Don't the ruling moneyed elite understand? Don't they understand that if they keep going with what they're doing, they themselves will not be able to survive? Well, the short answer is no. Allow me to give an example. Well, China and India are two of the most densely populated countries on Earth. Just take a look at any videos concerning this issue from either country, and you'll see the largest cities are populated with something like 100 million people per square foot. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, I'm trying to make a joke there, but actually, in terms of the living conditions, it may as well be. Yet you always notice that the obscenely wealthy, they live outside of those areas. They have large, beautiful estates, which is what they are accustomed to. And it is the same pattern, whether it be India, China, the UK, Japan, Germany, France, and of course, the United States. And they have all the resources they need, and then some. Simply put, the resource needs of the masses, regardless of where they may be, it's not the concern of the rulers. And generally speaking, with a few exceptions, such as the Roman baths and the aqueduct water system, it never has been. Because the reality is that, generally speaking, None of these problems 
by and large, affect them. The reality, which is just as true today as it was in the distant past, is that until it does, nothing significant is going to be done to address those problems. Just a lot of talk and kicking the damn can down the road. So at the risk of sounding, well, stupid, <laughs> can we actually make America great again? By great, it is referencing the post-economic boom of the 1940s and 50s, largely made possible by World War II. The answer is probably not, but maybe. In order to significantly improve things, there are a number of things that would need to be done. But the plausibility of that happening without basically initiating near dictatorial government seems very unlikely and is beyond the scope of this episode. The bit of good news, however, is what can happen for you, the individual. Are you a person that believes that America's basically can't be saved? Do you believe that America is going to hell in a handbasket? If so, it would be really good for you to contact me via my website. Because for one thing, I'm preaching to the choir. And secondly, I'm simply not going to discuss these things with you or anyone else on a public forum for what should be obvious reasons. So to finish up here, if you've been listening to me for a while, you know I like to use analogies. So, not wanting to disappoint, here's another one. Most people who know a bit of history, well, they know about the Titanic disaster in April of 1912 in the freezing waters of the North Atlantic. Many books have been written as well as several movies. The causes of the tragedy have been analyzed and scrutinized many times. A lack of sufficient number of lifeboats. Lifeboat lowering mechanisms that did not function properly. A crew that was not adequately trained in emergency procedures. And even the crow's nest iceberg lookouts who didn't even have binoculars, as they should have. The reasons for the tragedy were many, and over 1,500 people lost their lives horribly. Yet there is another aspect which is seldom talked about. What should be introspectively learned from this? Approximately a third of the passengers were first class and very wealthy. Yet in the final analysis, all that wealth could not save them. You can have all the money in the world, but under the right circumstances, it can be totally useless. And unfortunately, those people had to learn that reality with their lives. It is a very similar situation with extremely wealthy people today. They totally believe that the system is not going to crack. And even for those 
who do have a bit more foresight. They believe that if or when uh, the proverbial shit hits the fan, they'll be able to flee on their private jets or by some other means. But that couldn't be further from the truth. There are many multifaceted issues which would prevent them from doing this. And I'm telling you, I know this to be the absolute reality. Just remember, despite all their millions, the extremely wealthy still couldn't get their ass into a lifeboat from the Titanic. Just imagine, only 24 hours previously, all those very well-to-do folks on the Titanic were whining and dining, dancing, and having the time of their lives, feeling absolutely safe and secure because it is what they had, well, become accustomed to in life. It is what they firmly believed and trusted. And what would happen in the next 24 hours was simply unimaginable. And that is what the uber-wealthy of today have in common with all those wealthy folks who perished 111 years ago with Titanic. They simply won't be able to imagine the unimaginable. Until next time, this is Ernest, reminding you that there are no bad words, just bad actions. Take care.